We talked about keywords before, and those keywords need to appear at the top of your resume and then strategically throughout your resume. Now, some people say, oh, you can trick the ATS by doing this or that. Um, that's really not a good strategy. You know, you just want to make sure that your, your resume can be easily scanned by an ATS. are looking forward our way. Hi, this is Brett. We're in Studio C at the 511 Studios. With me is Carol, as always. How are you, Brett? Doing good, doing good. Brett, in a previous episode, we focused on job search tools. Today, we have our friend and supporter, Sharon Hammersley, joining us. Some of you may know Sharon as the resume coach. She generously provides job searching information to Central Ohioans in many different formats, including working with nonprofits and libraries on workshops and training programs to help people find jobs. Sharon, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back with you today. Well, Sharon, let's target some ideas on job search strategies for the listeners. Um, I know I've heard everybody that's went through a job search situation, they probably have their own strategy or they've been taught a strategy. I mean, does it make sense to send out hundreds of resumes or is it more effective to target a job search, like, uh, you know, target which companies or industries that you're interested in? Um, You really need to target. I see people all the time, you know, and and when we were still doing live job fairs, um, Channel 6 would interview somebody and they, they would say, well, I've sent out 50 applications this week and nobody is calling back. What's wrong with these folks? And I want to just reach through the TV <laughs> set and say, shake them and say, stop. <laughs> You're just wasting time. You're just wasting time. Companies are just overwhelmed with applications that don't really meet job requirements. So you need to be the candidate who has done your homework and demonstrate and be able to demonstrate that you are a good fit for that particular job. And targeting also really benefits you because you're not wasting time on postings that will not likely not be successful. Um, we'll talk more about networking in a few minutes, but being strategic about your goals really helps you measure success And you can see where things are working and where maybe you need to kind of change direction a little bit. But it is it targeting jobs is really where it's at nowadays. So and there are many ways that you can research companies and I'll put something in in the document about how to research companies and where you can get information about companies and that kind of thing. Um and so you know right up front what you know what types of positions what industries and this is actually true we don't have time really to talk about this on this podcast but this is true whether you're continuing on your current career path or you're looking to change directions a bit in fact if you are looking to change directions maybe that's a future podcast um you really need to be very strategic about doing your research and finding out about um, how you can apply your current experience to the direction that you want to go. So it's research, 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 target, target, target. That That's right. my basic message. Right. And you're going to be using that time, and it would be better to use it so that it's going to lead to a higher level of success as opposed to frustrate you because you never hear from the 
49 of the 50 applications you've sent in. Yes, and and eventually that's going to lead to burnout. And now we're already under a ton of stress. And the last thing you need is more stress because you're not being successful with your job search and you're not getting the response that you expect. Whenever I've I've mentioned to a client that um, they need to target their search, um, and even if I convince them that that's a good idea, then the, they're like, well, how do I do that? And and my first issue is, well, know what's growing in your community. So how how let's talk about the steps for that. How are particular types of jobs or industries, um, how do we d- identify what's available in, in our market? Yes. So um, the message that we need to get out there is that companies are still hiring. We We've heard, you know, and many, many people that are probably listening to this podcast, you've been laid off. Your your industry is downsizing or right-sizing, but there are industries out there that are actually hiring. Two that come to mind immediately are logistics and healthcare because, you know, we're ordering more online um, and and. Whatever the product is, it still needs to get to the consumer. So um, healthcare is another one. Um, telehealth is big now, and probably there are going to be people hired for that. So that's another one. And, and there are other industries out there. Um, more work, and not all of these jobs are frontline jobs. If I say logistics or that type of thing, you probably think of people working in a warehouse or the folks at Kroger and Giant Eagle that you know, do the shopping for or, you. Or those driving a truck. Or driving a truck or mm-hmm. doing those types of things. Mm-hmm. But think about it for a minute. More workers means more managers and more support personnel. So not all of those jobs are frontline jobs. They are the jobs that support those front, the increased numbers of frontline workers. So um, if you are not currently in one of these fields, again, this is, we've already mentioned this a couple of times. This is about your transferable skills. You know, if you've been in management in a particular industry and that's not going to be a viable option, you are still, you can demonstrate how you're a good people manager, how you motivate people, how you bring your team together, how you focus on goals and all of those types of things. And that's not industry specific. Right. You know? So, or a customer service representative, you know, many work from home, and we'll talk a little bit more about the work from home situation. You can work from home. If you've been a customer service representative in an industry that's not doing too well right now, move to one that is, and that that's how you really work. And you, I actually have on my list some industries, a sortable table of who's hiring pretty much by company. It's pretty amazing. I just discovered this last week as I was doing research for this podcast, I discovered that there's actually a tool out there that you can use, and I include it on my sheet with the link so that you can go out there and sort by company and see who's hiring. You know, I think um, a lot of folks who are job-seeking today are becoming frustrated because they're trying to continue to stay in their own field. Um, there have been some fields that have just been decimated, so restaurants, that that kind of thing. Those folks have incredible skills, and and th- I know there may be a fear of trying to change into something else, but in actuality, because of the pandemic, maybe now's the perfect time to try a new career. Um, you can always go back to the old one if it comes back again, but 
you know, doing something different and using those wonderful skills, the customer service, the managing a team, all of those kinds of things. There are some some employers who are scrambling for people like that. Yes, exactly. And you can be their number one person. All you have to do is highlight how how well you've done, no matter what your industry has been. Right. I think that right. that's really important. So, hmm. Well, networking is key to moving your resume to the right hiring managers. Are there networking steps, are they different today because of the pandemic, besides the limitations on the face-to-face meetings, which are quite obvious? Uh, any tips on networking that would be helpful as we look at it today? Well, networking is still where it's at in many ways. Uh, One tip is that you really, in our current situation, you really want to be mindful of the other person uh, when reaching out and that they may be very busy, they may be very stressed. So you always want to start with, make sure that you start with a personal touch. I hope you're doing well. Um, Is there anything I can help you with? So that that it's really uh, a conversation that you have with these people that recognizes that, you know, they they have their own stressors and maybe there is something that you can actually help them out with. Because I think that will make, make it a lot easier, even if you haven't reached out to somebody for a while, you know, um, you can just say, hey, you know, I'm popping in here kind of suddenly and I certainly hope that this is a good time. And, you know, you can even say something like, you know, if this really isn't a good time for for you, I really understand. Thanks for, you know, thanks for reading. You mm-hmm. know, we'll right. connect later. Right. You know, so so just be really mindful of where that other person is at when you're starting that conversation. And you can also, one thing that I think is really useful and I've seen examples, again, in some of the discussions in my career coaching groups on LinkedIn, where it's turned out to be pretty amazing. Just reach out, make a list of people, maybe five people a week, or if you're really ambitious, 10 people a week you know, from, from your contacts, from your LinkedIn contacts, and just send them a quick email and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, this is a difficult time for all of us. Anything I can help you out with, and you'd be surprised what right. what a yield that will give you if you just do that consistently. Because I think all of us, you know, we all say, "Oh, we're all in this together," but all of us, I think, are feeling kind of lonely at this right. point. We really are feeling lonely, and just somebody recognizing that you're out there, that you're feeling lonely, that you're desiring some additional connection. I think that is really helpful. Um, you know, some of my fellow LinkedIn coaches have shared that clients using that strategy have gotten job offers. Exactly. You know, so. I, and that that is a critical um, network lesson, is that really networking is not asking for a job. Networking is uh, making connections with people on an ongoing basis and reconnecting and reconnecting. And it's information searching. And if you always think of networking in that sort of neutral territory as opposed to I'm not I don't want to beg somebody for a job, it's such a much more natural process and much more successful. Yes, and it really empowers you. You feel you feel good. You know, anytime we help somebody, we feel really good about that. 
And the benefit they get is if if they help us, they feel really good. Boy, we can all use some more endorphins right now, that's for sure. Right, right. So I'm going to go ahead and ask this question, although I think we've covered it a little bit. Um, in terms of social media, you know, we were using LinkedIn and Facebook like crazy before the pandemic, and now it's just like blown up. So in job searching, we're trying to use those same medias, and how do we make sure that we are um, becoming known to the hiring manager in a positive light? Yes. So basically, LinkedIn is a key part of your job search strategy, and people are like, well, I don't really want to put myself out on LinkedIn. Um, You can control the amount of information that people see about you, but first of all, it's... um, very important that your profile is complete. That means that you you have all the key elements. Uh, LinkedIn calls you an all star. I'm not quite sure what that means, but <laughs> but you you really want and and if if you're not there yet, LinkedIn keeps on nudging you about this. Mm-hmm. But um, you want to make sure your profile is complete, but also attractive. That is, when somebody comes to your profile, is it visually appealing? Um, you can use the LinkedIn Open to Work feature, which is which is something that they put out there now. And um, if you're actively looking, and so you want to just make sure that you have a nice headshot, that you you know that you again capture those keywords right in your headline, that you tell a little bit about your story, and it's perfectly okay to write in the first person on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Tell a little bit about your story, you know. How did you get to this point? Those types of things. Um, if you want to really go all out, um, you can get a customized LinkedIn banner. Uh, people do this. You know, you could hire people to do this for, for pretty cheap nowadays. Or you can go out to a company, the one that I use when I create LinkedIn banners for my clients. It's called canva.com, C-A-N-V-A.com. And again, I will put that in, in the resource list because... Um, they have a template that you can use for free to create a very personalized LinkedIn banner. So just make sure that it's really attractive, so that when somebody lands on your profile, they're they're attract. You know, they they see a person and not just some sort of anonymous person. And make sure that your profile is visible and your and your headshot is visible to everybody. Last thing. That, that you want is for somebody to land on your profile and there's no headshot because you've mm-hmm. turned that off. Um, and you're like, well, they're going to, if you're a mature worker, you're going to, they're going to say, well, they're going to figure out I'm not 25. Well, most people aren't 25. And even mm-hmm. if you are, you know, you, you want that, you want that connection because that's the difference actually between your LinkedIn profile and your resume. Your res- resume is kind of a formal snapshot. Your LinkedIn profile allows you to speak as you, speak in your own voice and let people know who you are and what you're about uh, professionally. So I think that's really important. And then the second part of, of, of attracting recruiter attention is you can have a beautiful LinkedIn profile. If you let it sit there, recruiters will not find you because LinkedIn algorithms grade you on how how often you're on LinkedIn. And that doesn't mean you have to spend hours on LinkedIn every day. That's a time sink. I tell people literally to set a 15-minute timer, review their news feed, comment on um, 
the sum of the things, and comment doesn't mean great idea. Comment means, yeah, I've experienced something similar, or here's an idea I have that's allied with that. So spend 15 minutes a day. That that means that you probably comment on maybe three or four items on your newsfeed. You may choose to share some of them with your network because we were talking about that information sharing piece, and that's really important. And um, also, you can post yourself, and I recommend doing that just with an update um, to to your connection, saying, "Hey, I had a great interview with with XYZ company mm-hmm. last week, and looking forward to to um, having more conversations with them." Or you can you can ask for help now. Yeah, you don't want to do the hey anybody know if you have a job, but you can put out there, hey, as I've refined my job search strategy, I'm really interested in connecting with folks at this company or in this industry because I need I I discovered I need to do more research. And again, putting that out to your connections as a request for information and help, people will help you right. if they can. So. Right. And doing that liking and posting piece is uh, is going to boost your algorithm, and you will appear higher in search when a recruiter searches for that needle in a haystack, and um, you will pop up earlier when you are consistent about that. Fifteen minutes a day, that's all you really need, but do that consistently. Uh, you know, I think when we look back on the year 2020, some things are going to stick out, but I think the term work from home <laughs> is going to be the biggest term or hashtag WF or WFH. Um, it's going to be the year that it's kind of turned this around in regards to us really focusing on it. So, you know, so often older workers uh, are looking for positions they could do from home even before this now. So now it's become the topic of the year. Our world's completely turned around and nearly everyone's now doing that. So the job market may be targeting clients they deem are able to effectively work from home. What skills should a candidate show in their application and their resume even during their interview that demonstrate that they're qualified for that job based outside of the business office? Yes, I think one of the key aspects of this is Demonstrate where you have used these types of time management, project management. Um, where have you gone above and beyond? Because when an employer can't physically see you working, um, they want to know that that you're focused. You know how how you know how do you organize your day? You know, yeah, be prepared for questions about how do you organize your day. Um, what's your biggest challenge with time management? You know. Um, and then the second part of that is, and we, we've mentioned this a little bit previously, is your technology. You know, you don't need a real high-end laptop or anything, but make sure that you have technology that works consistently. You, you don't need to invest a lot. You know, if you, if you go to the big computer stores, you see computers, sometimes they have sales, I swear, for one ninety nine, you know, and you can get a, you can get something that will actually work for that. So it's a combination of uh, demonstrating that you you are good at time management and self management, and that you know how to structure your workday when nobody else is basically telling you what to do. That you you know that you can understand and and organize the tasks that you need to do in order of importance and maybe 
share some strategies about how you've done that in the past, you know, you might get a question in an interview, you know, you have two competing priorities that, that seem about equal. How do you make the decision which one is first? And be prepared to answer that. You know, what are your, what are your just thought processes when you have to make decisions about organizing important things that you need to get done? So, and then the technology. And I think those two together will make, make you a good and viable candidate for that work-from-home environment. And by the way, one of the items on my on, in my document is a list of reputable companies that are currently hiring for remote opportunities. Most of them are for time. There's a whole bunch of different industries. It's not just IT and those types of things. A whole bunch of different industries that, that are looking to hire remote workers. So I think that that's a good resource for you. And given you, if you have a situation where maybe – it's really still not advisable for you to be in an office setting with a lot of other people. Then that work from home is remote. Just, just you know, get yourself prepared and in the mindset that you can and will be a good remote worker, and take it from there. And I, I think the most important thing that that Sharon is saying is, you can always say you're you know self motivated, but you have to show it. You've got exactly. to get in those accomplishment statements and success stories. Yes, exactly. That's Fabulous. really important. Fabulous. So, yeah. Sharon, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for joining us today. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate it. Um, as you'd mentioned, there's going to be some documents and things that are going to be posted in the program notes so that listeners will have lots and lots of information and also on how to contact you if they're looking for needing a resume coach. Thank you. Wonderful. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for inviting me today. Thank you. Thanks for coming.